Yesterday, you learned where the Section 8 program for low-income renters came from, how the process works if you use Section 8, and why Section 8 houses are not, I repeat, not the same thing as, or even similar in any way to, public housing projects. But today comes the real question. Should you use Section 8 for your rental properties? This one is tougher, my friends, but I've got the answer for you right now. I'm Brian Ellis. This is episode number 220. Hello, SDI Nation. Welcome to the show of record for savvy, self-directed investors like you, where our mission is to help you find, understand, and profit from exceptional investment opportunities. Today, we're doing that by helping you current and future rental property owners to answer this question. Is it financially wise for me to lease to Section 8 tenants? Today's show is a roadmap to answering that question for you in your situation, my friends. Now, if you didn't see yesterday's show, you really should do that. Maybe even right now, then come back to this one. In fact, on today's show notes page, which is sdiradio.com slash 220, you can see yesterday's episode and today's episode along with all of the other notes and resources I'll refer to today. Now, before we dive in today, I've got a favor to ask of you. If you're listening to this show on iTunes, then please go over and leave a review for this show, preferably a five-star review if you really enjoy it. That's the single biggest thing you can do right now to tell me you enjoy the show and want to continue receiving it. Thank you so much. So, no time to waste. Should you accept Section 8 tenants for your current and future rental properties? Well, there's not a single right answer to that for everyone. Here are the factors to consider for you. First, Consider the quality of the PHA, the Public Housing Authority, that administers the Section 8 program in the market where your property is located. Theoretically, they should all be similar. In reality, Section 8 PHAs are not the same from city to city. In some places, the local PHA is great, like in Birmingham, Alabama, where we use it a lot. The two PHAs we work with there have done a good job. They use good standards for allowing people into the program, and they are willing to kick people out of the program if if those people abuse the system or our properties. But that's not how it is everywhere. In some cities, the PHA is the worst of the worst bureaucratic garbage you can imagine, mixed with blatant discrimination that would shock you. It can be really bad. So how do you find out? The two best ways are to talk to other landlords who are using Section 8 in your area and to seek out the advice of property managers in the area who manage Section 8 properties. These two sources of advice will give you a good look at the reality of how well or how poorly your PHA is run. The second factor for making a choice on Section 8 is this. Just like not all PHAs are the same, remember that not all Section 8 tenants are the same. Yes, you won't have to look very hard to find horror stories about a Section 8 tenant tearing up a property. But let's be honest, people. You don't have to look very far to find horror stories about non-Section 8 tenants tearing up properties either. And it's entirely legal and appropriate to screen potential Section 8 tenants before accepting them. Folks, everybody leaves a trail that indicates how they behave, and particularly with the assistance of an experienced property manager who knows the ropes of Section 8. I believe that the issue that's perceived to be the biggest risk among new potential Section 8 landlords, the thing they worry about the most, that being property damage, well, that can be reduced such that it's no higher of a risk than when renting to non-Section 8 tenants. And that leads nicely to the third big consideration, which is, do you have a good property manager who's experienced with the local Section 8 PHA? Folks, this part is indescribably significant. Real estate's a personal relationship kind of business, and that's more true when dealing with Section 8 PHAs than in just about any other area of real estate. Well, here's an example. 
A property management colleague of mine once told me that on his first Section 8 property, his house, it was in excellent condition in every way. It did not pass the first Section 8 inspection. He got a list of the changes to the property, which were minor, had it reinspected, and it passed right away. So that was good. But he was frustrated. So when his second property came up for inspection, the same inspector looked at the property, and my colleague complained bitterly to this guy about the first failed inspection. He felt it was unreasonable. The inspector look at, looked at him and said, that property looked great. This property looks great. You want me to go ahead and pass it for you right now? Well, my colleague's answer was, of course, yes, pass it. And that's when my colleague discovered that in his PHA, any property that's passed on the first inspection automatically triggers a review process that's much, much worse than being felled the first time, even if for very minor issues. So guess what? He no longer concerns himself with passing the first inspection, and his property management clients know this going in as well. It's just not that big of a deal. So in the final analysis, if you're working with a good public housing authority, a good tenant, and a good property manager, it's my experience that a good Section 8 tenant is better than a good non-Section 8 tenant. And that's for three clear reasons. Number one, for nearly all of our properties, the PHA pays 100% of the rent. That means we get all of our money paid in full on time, every time, every single month, direct deposited into our account. So that eliminates one of the single biggest challenges faced by all landlords, collections. Number two, with proper screening and education of tenants, it's possible to get tenants who will be respectful of the property. Education is involved in that because we like to make sure that the tenants understand that if they abuse our property, we will pursue revocation of their Section 8 voucher. That means no more free rent for them, and that's a huge motivator for them. So this helps to regulate and minimize another huge expense for all landlords, which is maintenance. And number three, this is a biggie. We found it's entirely common to have average tenancy durations of three to five years. Think about that, folks. Imagine if your typical tenant stayed in place for three to five years or more. How great would that be? That would really just slash another one of the very biggest expenses for landlords, vacancy. This is huge, folks. So here's where I stand on using Section 8 for your rental properties. I absolutely do not give it a blanket endorsement. Absolutely not. But I think you rental property owners will do yourselves a huge disservice by not seriously considering it. But there are two blanket statements about Section 8 I'll make to you. First, for a very long time, I had a huge bias against even considering Section 8. That was wrong of me, not on a moral or ethical level, I didn't know it to anybody, but on a financial and strategic level, it was just stupid. It was unwise to carte blanche right off the use of this program, which leads to the second blanket statement I'll make about it, which is, I'm confident in saying that I've encountered more people, listen to this, more people who have become financially free through rentals, specifically using Section 8, than through any other real estate strategy I've ever seen. And I know a lot of real estate investors. Let that one sink in for just a moment. That's all for today, folks. Hey, please be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes so you get access to each episode automatically. And I'd really love to have your feedback and comments in the comments area below. That'd be just awesome. I'd love to hear from you. My friends, invest wisely today and live well forever.